Hello, and welcome back to Mental Health Spot. This is Oli speaking. If you are under the age of 18, please consult with your parent, guardian, or a trusted adult before continuing to tune in to any and all of my podcast episodes. Let's dive right in. So, as most of you know, there has been uh, an outbreak of a virus called uh, the coronavirus or COVID-19, whatever your preference is in terms of uh, what to call it. And so a lot of us are working remotely. Um, A lot of us are social distancing, which means we are, if we still have to go into the office to work, we are just going to work running any immediate or necessary errand like um, going to the store and picking up groceries or to the pharmacy picking up medications and then going right back home. Um, There is no such uh, partying or clubbing or anything like that. Not that I ever did those things before. Honestly, I'm always um, the person that appreciates being at home. But the irony is that when you kind of have to be at home, it kind of gives you this anxiety and this cabin fever. It's interesting how the mind works. But um, in any case, um, I have personally been working remotely, providing telehealth services for my clients, which means that everything is being done via video. Um, And it's been an interesting transition, definitely something that uh, I'm not accustomed to doing. Um, Typically, I see my clients in person, in their homes, in their schools, or in our agency, um, which provides uh, a nice clinic area for us to see our clients and some office space. So that's been interesting. But um, anyway, so that's going on. So we all have a lot of time on our hands. I mean, granted, a lot of us are also still working. Um, so not really a lot of time, but at the same time, more time than we typically would have would probably be the more accurate way to express that sentiment. And so, um, I'm podcasting and I'm going to be putting out a lot of material, taking advantage of the quiet, taking advantage of the extra time to, um, put out episodes for you guys. So... With that being said, if you have been asked um, to, you know, I mean, it it really just depends on what part of the world you are in right now, but I mean, this, uh, this coronavirus is affecting most, if not all of the U.S. at this point, um, and so also Italy, um, France, a lot of things going on in the world right now. And so if you have been asked by your mayor, um, if you have been asked by your president, whomever that is um, for you, because I don't know where my listeners all come from. You may not be in the U.S. Your president may not be Donald Trump. And if that is your president, because it is my president, I'll say a prayer for us. 
But with that being said, we are being urged to stay indoors as much as possible. And so I think it's important that we abide by that just because a lot of people are walking around with this coronavirus and they are asymptomatic. They don't even know they have it. And the only reason um, a lot of these celebrities even went and got a test for it is because they had exposure to someone that had it. But a lot of these celebrities are coming out and saying, I didn't even know I had it. Now, this might be a minor inconvenience for someone who is otherwise young, healthy, and has no underlying health conditions or autoimmune disorders. But for our elderly population or anyone that has any underlying health condition or autoimmune disorder, this could prove to be potentially lethal. And so let's do our part in stopping this thing from spreading, stay hygienic, avoid large crowds, and only do what you need to do. Only do what you need to do. If you need to still go to work, because not everyone has the luxury of working from home, go to work, go home. That's it. Like my mom says in Spanish, no inventing, don't invent. It's basically the translation to that. Don't create things to do, just go home. No inventing. So anyway, that was my coronavirus rant. Um, just to uh, put that out there since I know that's something that's been on everyone's mind. So I want to dedicate this episode to talking about Something that a lot of people don't talk about. A lot of people are ashamed of. A lot of people feel embarrassed to talk about these things. And the fact of the matter is, these are very common issues that some people experience. And so I want to talk about common sexual issues. Common sexual issues for men and for women, okay? Now, obviously, as a woman, I am also speaking from a personal standpoint. Um, Where men are concerned, it is research I've done. And, you know, different people that I've spoken with, different men that I've spoken with, um, on just a friend level or clients people that I've had interactions with. Um, But I think it's important to raise awareness to common sexual issues so that it doesn't become so taboo to talk about. Because a lot of people are ashamed and embarrassed to talk about erectile dysfunction, low libido or low uh, sexual desire, painful sex, difficulty with reaching orgasm and so today is the day we're going to talk about it so I am going to start with men's sexual issues that are common premature or delayed ejaculation now no one wants to talk about the fact that there are a lot of men out there um, that may ejaculate very quickly upon 
sexual intercourse, not necessarily just sexual intercourse, but um, they may ejaculate very quickly upon um, any kind of sexual act, whether it's oral sex, um, foreplay, things like that. And so within a matter of one minute or two minutes, um, they might have their ejaculation. I want to point out that the episode specifically is going to focus on common issues so that we can raise awareness that they exist. I am not a sex expert, although I do intend to um, get certifications in the future um, just to add under my belt um, because I think it's important to have that knowledge. So I'm not here to necessarily give you the solutions. I'm here to just talk about the fact that these are problems that do exist, that people do experience and go through, and there's no shame or blame in it. And if more people were to talk about it, more people could find some common ground. It could be like a point of bonding even. Um, So premature ejaculation, it means it happens very quickly, whether it's through oral sex, penetration, what have you happens very quickly. It could be due to nervousness, anxiety. It could be due to being overexcited. Or it could have an underlying physical cause. I'm not a doctor. There is also delayed ejaculation, which can be just as frustrating um, for men and for their partners. Delayed ejaculation means that the gentleman takes a very long time to ejaculate, longer than the average person, and um, oftentimes may not even ejaculate, okay? Which can prove to be, again, very frustrating um, to want to get to that point where you release and you can't or it takes you a very long time to achieve this. Um, This can be one of the more difficult issues to maneuver through um, in terms of common sexual issues. And so it isn't just that men can ejaculate prematurely, it can also be delayed. And so those two extremes can in fact exist and both can be just as frustrating and in terms of delayed ejaculation it could be also again anxiety related being overexcited um an underlying uh health issue or physical medical condition um i have heard i have heard and i have read that it could be due to masturbation that is very frequent Um, where your parts uh, become desensitized to any kind of physical activity, whether it's oral sex from your partner or penetration, due to the fact that there is so much masturbation. I've read that. I don't know how true that is. Feel free to chime in out there and let me know if there is, in fact, validity to that statement. It seems like there is to me from what I've read, but... You know, I'm, I'm open to feedback about it. 
Erectile dysfunction. This means that a gentleman cannot um, fully become engorged. His penis does not become engorged and therefore he cannot physically uh, perform sexual acts. This, again, is very common. A lot of men experience this. Again, anxiety, stress, physical conditions. A lot of things can contribute to this. In younger men, these issues that I have discussed thus far have a lot to do with internal stress. And believe it or not, Ladies and gentlemen, men do suffer from low libido. They might have reduced testosterone due to uh, any underlying physical reason or just in general due to depression, anxiety, and other mental health issues. It can impact your libido. It can impact your desire to engage in sexual acts. Um, When it comes to physical ailments, it can be type 2 diabetes, liver disease, kidney disease. Those things are also contributing factors to having a low sex drive, a low libido. So these issues for men, again, very common. And it's not fair to shame people about these issues. There's a lot of pressure on men, if you think about it. And I'm not a man, but I have male friends, I have a boyfriend, I have a dad, I have people in my life that I talk to, clients, patients, all that, and there's a lot of pressure on men to perform sexually. Um, As a matter of fact, I would even say there's more pressure on men than there is women because let's keep it 100. And I'm speaking specifically now about heterosexual relationships um, because that is what I am personally familiar with, although I am professionally familiar with different types of relationships, and we will get into that in a future episode. But, ladies, if you are physically attractive to a man, if he is attracted to you physically, he... He doesn't expect much from you other than for you to participate in the event. Other than for you to participate in the sexual act. That is what he expects from you. Um, And a certain level of enthusiasm. That's about it. Women, we tend to expect them to bring it. They better bring it. Come on, let's keep it real, ladies. What conversations do we have with our girlfriends? We tend to dissect a man's sexual performance. I'm sure they do that with us to a certain degree, but there is more pressure on them. There is. And that is something for us to be sensitive about as women um, and for us to be able to be more um, empathetic about Now, that's not to discount what women go through, and we're about to get into that, okay? Women do experience 
uh, low libido or low sex drive as a result of reduced estrogen, um, which can have a variety of contributing factors. Women that go through menopause. When a woman is in her menopausal period, um, I know that's an interesting way that I just phrased that, considering that <laughs> menopause means the absence of your menstrual cycle or period. But in any case, when a woman is going through that, she does tend to, and this is not universal, but it's, you know, some women, it applies to some women. She does tend to maybe feel less inclined to want to engage in the act of sex and um, it can cause reduced lubrication. So when she is in the moment, it can cause um, reduced lubrication. She may not be as lubricated, therefore making sex more uncomfortable for her and I can honestly say that I know that I know that I know that as much as we need to have empathy for men, because it is true that there is a lot of pressure on them to perform, there's also a lot of pressure on women to just essentially shut up and take it. And I literally, you guys can't see me, but I'm doing like bunny ears in the air right now, like the little quotation signs shut up and take it and I'm fairly certain that men do not go through and I'm speaking from my opinions the sexual physical pain that women experience due to having a different anatomy when a woman is going through menopause and she is not properly lubricated that is pain full okay I obviously I am 33 I am not going through menopause yet I am still young for that although early menopause does exist in some cases but I'm not going through that but I can relate to having painful sex and that's what I'm going to talk about next I have painful sex It has been something that has gone on with almost every partner I've had. I have not had many, so don't come at me, y'all. Less than 10, that's all you need to know. Um, In any case, with every partner I've ever had, I've had painful sex, um, varying degrees. But in my current relationship, um, sex has been the most painful. And it's not his fault, obviously. Um, But it is excruciating for me. It feels for me like I am a virgin all over again. Every single time that I have sexual intercourse. And that is due to a condition called vaginismus. Which means that your vaginal muscles have a tendency to spasm or contract upon penetration, making uh, sex very, very painful. Literally feels like I am a virgin every time I have sex. It is 
excruciating. It is not an enjoyable experience for me. Um, there are moments that have been enjoyable. I'm not going to tell you that it's never enjoyable, but it's a lot of grinning and burying it and getting past a lot of discomfort. And so the reason that I want to be open about this with you guys is because, listen, we're human and we can't help sometimes but to our, but to compare ourselves and our experiences to other people. And I will listen to my girlfriends talk about their sex lives and I will low-key be jealous. Like my girlfriends will be like, oh, I had this great sex. Yeah, this was awesome. Woo woo. Like... It was amazing. And in my head, I'm like, why doesn't it hurt her? Like, why isn't she in any pain? This makes no sense. Like, it hurts me so much. And if you watch porn, which I'm sure a lot of us out there do, porn makes it seem like men are always ready, willing to go. Like, bam, wham, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like, he is ready to perform. And it makes it seem like the man is always ready to perform and the woman's always ready to take it. Like she is just there waiting like, yes, I'm ready. And that is unrealistic. And porn can be very damaging because it it can lead to very false ideas about what sex is really supposed to be like. Very false, very harmful ideas about what sex is supposed to be like. And so, with that being said, we have talked about how there is that pressure on men to perform. There is that pressure on women to grin and bear it. And it's unfortunate because no one should have to be in pain. And so, I am, you know, getting help for this. Um, I am trying different things for it. So, Don't worry about me, y'all. I just wanted to open up about it so that you understand that this is something that people experience. And the more I started talking about it, the more I realized that a lot more of my female friends were able to relate. And I didn't feel so alone. And just do your earnest, your very best, not to compare yourself or your sex life to someone else's because that's not fair to you. And... A lot more people than you think can relate to you on a very personal level. And that's why I am making this episode. So, painful sex, reduced lubrication, difficulty orgasming. That is something that both men and women experience. Um, But I'm going to focus specifically on women. When you watch porn, again, it's... Pornography paints this picture like the minute the woman's being penetrated, she's moaning and she's having a fantastic time and she's orgasming three, four, five times. Some women can do that. And God bless those women. Good for them. But 70% of women cannot do that. 70% of women cannot orgasm through penetration. Only 30% can. And I think it's important that we know these numbers so that we understand the bigger picture. I personally, I am speaking from experience, find it very difficult, not impossible, but very challenging to orgasm through penetration. That is not the way for me. 
for a lot of women, oral sex or using fingers, using toys tends to be more effective. Um, and it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the woman. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the man or his performance or what he's doing. He could be, you know, sorry about that. I thought I silenced my ringer and, uh, as it appears, I have a friend messaging me at 2 a.m. Um, she's always awake at this time, just like me. In any case, getting back on track, the guy could be bringing it. He could be bringing it. He could be putting his back into it. He could be doing amazing things to you, things that are very arousing and seductive. And you may still not orgasm through penetration, and that is okay. And that is okay. It really is okay. Um, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with him. It is difficult. Statistically, research shows that it's difficult for women. 70% of women struggle with it. And so now you know, ladies, if you're out there listening to me, and you're one of that 70% that has a difficult time orgasming through penetration, you are not alone. And I'm in this journey with you too. And I would never say anything mean or derogatory about anyone that I have been with sexually. Because I believe that everyone I've been with sexually, again, not many people, had their own unique talent um, their own unique way of relating to me sexually. And it made it a, an interesting experience all the way around. So I would never bash anyone that I've been with. I think it is just a matter of if you're in a monogamous relationship, having ongoing relationships with your partner about what might help you, whether you're male or female, just sit down with your partner and have conversations about, hey, this is what works for me. This this might help me or what might help you feel better or um, be more at ease, you know? It's important to have these open dialogues about sex and it doesn't need to be a shaming thing. It doesn't need to be a blaming thing like, oh, you did this and that's why I can't orgasm or you did this and that's why it's, you know, hard for me to become aroused, whatever. It doesn't need to be like that. It can be very constructive. Like, hey, this is what works for me. I would like to know what works for you. And let's try to find different ways and explore different methods to try to please each other. And that's what it should be about. And if you are single and you're just, you know, having sex um, with one or with multiple partners, all I ask is that you protect yourself, that you be safe, and that um, you make good choices. So those are some very common issues that both men and women face in terms of sex. I think it's important that we shed light on this and that we recognize that just because no one talks about it doesn't mean it isn't real, doesn't mean it isn't common, doesn't mean it isn't legitimate. These are serious things that we both go through, men and women alike, And I think it would only help to bring us closer together to be able to talk about these things and find a point where we can relate 
and I just think across the board there's just a lot of undue sexual pressure and expectations on people and I think that again things like pornography contribute to that or things like comparing yourself sexually to other friends or family or whoever it is that talks to you about their sex lives it can definitely do that and so just try to listen to your own voice about it see a therapist if you need to and have open conversations with your partner and so with that being said i hope this episode was informative and helpful and i will catch you guys soon um in the meantime please stay safe Wash your hands, sanitize your hands, and do your best to keep away from large crowds of people. Sending everyone a lot of love, light, and prayers during this difficult time.